Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Hey, we're going to get started. Thank you to David and Shlomo for sponsoring. Zat Hashem. To be a big zachut for your parents, I assume. Zat Hashem. Hanan ben Raphael. And the mother should be blessed by only Nachat from both of you and all of your children. Badel, separate. Zat Hashem. Should be as a good for her that she should only have Nachat from you both. Fuah, health, all the good things. Zat Hashem. And as we always say, it should be a zechut for our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. We need a lot of help right now, specifically. We're going to talk today about a fascinating topic. I think one that perhaps we think about a lot also. Do the dead people know what's going on in this world? I'm sure you've thought about it. You know, you're at a wedding of a, of a child, or you're at a Brit, and you're thinking to yourself, is my grandparent here? Is my, are they aware of what's going on in this world? Right? Very interesting question. Are, are our deceased relatives, ones who have already passed away, do they know what's going on in this world? So there's a sugya in Mesechet Brachot that discusses this exact topic. And as we'll see, it's not so clear cut. It's not so simple. We'll go through the sugya. We recently did it in Amud Yomi in Mesechet Brachot. Yerchetem with Aleph, through Yetetem with Aleph. I want to go through the sugya with you, the proofs that the Gemara brings. We'll say, show a contradiction from another sugya, and then I'll tell you what Rabbi Yonas and Ibishit says in order to explain this. But I think this is a very interesting idea to try to know is right, when a person passes away, do they know or they don't know what's going on? We always would like to believe that they do, I think. We would like to believe if it's a simcha, we would like to believe they're participating, we would like to believe if we're suffering that they are aware of it. We'd like to believe. Well, so let's see. So we start off like this. Listen to the story. It starts off, there's a story as follows. There was a story that two rabbis, Rabbi Yonatan and Rabbi Chia, were walking in a cemetery. Okay? Rabbi Yonatan's tzitzit. Oh, Alex, good to see you. I know you're not going to miss it. Rabbi Yonatan Sitzit were dragging in the cemetery. Now, we know there's a concept in the Pasuk that tells us, Loeg Larash Cheref Oseyu. Now, what that means is, Loeg Larash, literally it means one who mocks, a rush is a pauper, a poor person, Cheref Oseyu, he blasphemes his maker, which means it's like cursing Hashem. From this idea we deduce that when we're around dead people, dead bodies, we're not supposed to do mitzvot. And why are we not supposed to? Because dead people can no longer do mitzvot. So it's like mocking the dead. Look, I'm doing a mitzvah and you're not. By the way, I want to tell you one practical application of this. One practical application of this is when you walk into a cemetery, this is not so nogeh for Sfaradim, but for Ashkenazim, who wear their tzitzit out, you're supposed to tuck it in. Because you're not supposed to wear your tzitzit out showing that I'm doing mitzvot and you dead people can no longer do mitzvot. 
Okay, that's an example. So hold on. So they were walking in a cemetery. Rabbi Yonatan's tzitzit were dragging. So Rabbi Chia turned to him and he said to him, Rabbi Yonatan, lift up your tzitzit because you're disgracing the dead people. So Rabbi Yonatan said, what are you talking about? Pasuk says, the, the, the dead people don't know anything. It's a pasuk. They don't know what's going on. They're not disgraced. There's not, no such concept. So Rabbi, Yonatan, Rabbi Chia responded to him, you don't know the pshat and the pasuk. You're wrong. You, you're misunderstanding pshat and the pasuk. I'm just skipping to the main parts of the sugya. Yeah? That's not the pshat and the pasuk. The pshat and the metim don't know anything. The pshat is, is that when it comes to wicked people, they're considered dead in their lifetime. But really, dead people do know what's going on, and it's a bizayon, you're disgracing them if you're wearing your tzitzit dragging on the ground. So he said, lift it up. So from the first story we have in the sugya, it seems like it's a machloket. Rabbi Yonatan seemed to hold the dead people know what's going on in this world, and Rabbi Chia said, they don't know what's going on, and you're not disgracing them. What this Gemara continues on is another story with the children of Rabbi Chia. I'm just skipping to the main points of the sugya. So the next story the Gemara quotes is a story with the children of Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia's children went off to do business. They went to manage some real estate. Now unfortunately, they went for too long and they forgot the Torah. So they didn't come every night to Kinyan HaMesechta. And they forgot the Torah that they studied and they were very bothered because they said all that Torah we studied were very pained by this. So they were struggling, trying to remember the Torah study that they had accomplished beforehand. One of them said to the other, these children of Rebichia, I wonder if our father is aware of our suffering. I wonder if our father, Rebichia, who had passed away, is aware of the suffering we're undergoing in order to remember the Torah. So one of the sons said to the other, we have a pasuk that says, his children will be honored and he doesn't know. Meaning it implies that the dead people don't know what's going on with their children. So the other one responded, but we have another pasuk that says, dead people, after they've passed, their flesh pains them. So it seems to be that they do know what's going on with their children. Okay, so the Gemara refutes this and says it's not a proof. Really it could be they don't know what's going on in this world. This is a very interesting concept. But when the bodies decompose, they feel the pain of their body decomposing. Fascinating thought to think about that. But the Gemara says they might feel that pain, but they don't necessarily know what's going on in terms of their children or other people. So this is step number one. So one thing the Gemara does agree with, it says maybe they know the pain of their own decomposition, but they don't necessarily know what's going on else in this world. What's up, Alex? No, well, that's exactly this, so yeah, exactly. We're not continuing it, this is just another point in that sugya, but exactly, good you remember. Glad you remember that it's exactly the sugya. And that, that brings us, Mamish, to the next point, exactly. So Alex just addressed the next point. The next proof the Gemara brings is a story that we learned a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago at this point, in a different lunch and learn. Everybody remember the story with that Hasid, he fought with his wife, he slept in a cemetery, and he heard what was going on with the spirits. Remember that story? So the Gemara brings a proof from that story. Let me just run through the details very briefly so that we get the story again. It says, he fought with his wife, he slept in the cemetery, it was Rosh Hashanah. He heard one telling the other the tragedies that would happen that year. So he was able to play the system and do well with his produce. He did it a second year. The third year, he had already told his wife what was going on. And so the spirit that was going to reveal that information didn't want to reveal it because she said, but we're talking about has already been heard by the living. 
So the Gemara says, you see, they know what's going on in this world because they knew that that Hasid was listening to their conversation. Okay, so the Gemara says it seems to be a proof. They do know what's going on in this world. So the Gemara says it's not necessarily a proof. And this is also a fascinating idea. Because maybe somebody else who had died, who knew that the Hasid had known that information, came to that spirit and told them after they died. Meaning, maybe somebody, maybe they don't know what's going on in this world objectively. They really don't know. But somebody else who was alive and had known that that Hasid knew the story with these Ruchot, what was going on, had passed away. And after that person passed away, came and told these spirits. So the Gemara says, it could be spirits could be told something by someone else who passes away, but not necessarily do the dead know what's currently going on in this world. So it pushes away that proof also. Let's go to the third proof. The Gemara brings a proof from a story of Za'iri. Za'iri used to deposit money by a certain woman. And after that woman passed away, he came to that woman in the cemetery. He was able to talk to the dead, apparently, which itself is a fella. And he said to the woman, where's my money? Meaning, where did you... So she said, here's your money, go find it there. And she said, tell my mother, this is the deceased woman, tell my mother, who's still alive, that there's this other woman who's about to pass away and she should send certain things with her. So the Gemara says, you see from here, the dead person knew somebody was about to die. So it would imply then that dead people know what's about to happen. Oh, they know what's going on in this world. So the Gemara says that's not a proof either because maybe Duma, I don't know if we mentioned this ever, Duma is the angel appointed over the souls. Very interesting thing. Maybe Duma announces who's about to die. So not that they know what's going on in this world, but that this angel Duma, who's appointed over the souls, it announces who's about to die, so that's not a proof. Okay, fourth proof. Mara tells us a long story with Shmuel. It says, Shmuel's father used to watch money of the orphans. He used to protect the money of different orphans. No, no, Shmuel the Amora. After his father passed away, the people started to say, Shmuel, you're stealing the money from the orphans because he had money by him. He didn't know where it was. So the people started to say negative things against Shmuel. So Shmuel went to the cemetery. He was able to talk to the dead. Again, you have to say that Amorim could talk to the dead. Fine. And he had a whole conversation with his father. And his father, we're going to like go like to Safot here. His father said, I know that you're considered chashuv. Either it means in this world or in the next world. So his father seemed to know that he was chashuv, Shmuel, Shmuel, the great Amorah Shmuel, like Rav and Shmuel. He was so chashuv, it must be they know what's going on in this world. However, the Gemara says that's not a proof either, because maybe only a great person like Shmuel, so his father was aware because they were announcing in Shamayim, clear a place out because he's about to die. That's why he knew what was going to be with Shmuel. But otherwise, maybe they don't know. The bottom line is, the Gemara says, maybe they know their own pain. Maybe they know if someone else dies and tells them something, and maybe they know if it's a great person who's about to pass away or how he's doing in this world because of his greatness. But in general, says the Gemara, it seems like the Metim don't know what's going on in this world, the happenings of this world. So the Gemara brings one final proof. Remember we said it's a machlok at Rabbi Yonatan and Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia said they do know, Rabbi Yonatan said they don't know. So we finish off the Sugyan Brachot and it says, actually, Rabbi Yonatan reverted his position. He agreed in the end with Rabbi Chia. They know. He said, I agree with you, they know. And how did he say, I know? That, how did he say, I know that they know? He brought a proof from a story with a conversation between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. At the end of Moshe's life, 
Hashem said to him, when you die, it's brought based on a pasuk, I want you to go tell Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the shvuah that I swore to you, it's already starting to be fulfilled. What was the shvuah? Your children will conquer Eretz Yisrael because we've already conquered the land of Sichon and Og, which is Transjordan, the beginning of Eretz Yisrael. So after you pass away, Hashem told Moshe, tell Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, He's saying, well, Moshe's alive. When you die, go tell them that I already started to fulfill that shvuah, that, that uh, swear. Why would you tell them if they're not? Awesome, hold on. So, the, very good. The Gemara says it must be then the dead people know. Because if they didn't know, what do they care what's going on in this world? It must be they do know. So the Gemara asks exactly what Yosef just asked, which is, but, but if, if they, they know, do why, know, why, why does Moshe have to tell them that? So the Gemara answers, even though they know, Hashem wanted them to have appreciation for Moshe. So if Moshe is the one to relay this information to them, because Moshe is the leader who brought them into Eretz Yisrael, he wanted them to say, Chazak Baruch to Moshe, so he said, go tell them. But the Sugya finishes off here, seemingly the Psak is that the dead people know what's going on in this world. Unbelievable, okay? Now keep that in mind, keep it in mind. So, so far what we have is the Sugyan Brachot on Yotetem with Aleph. We finish off, really the dead know what's going on in this world. And that's why, like back in the story, it's it dragging, pull them up. It shouldn't be dragging because it's a disgrace to the dead people. Dragging Beautiful. even on the floor? On the floor, or we even tuck it in. Again, Sfadim, anyways, it's tucked in. Tuck it in because it's not appropriate. Fine. Okay. This sugya seems to conclude the dead people know what's going on in this world. And that's a fascinating thought. The problem is... There's a sugya in Mesechet Sota, which seems to say differently. The Gemara in Mesechet Sota, and I've quoted this before, let's see if anybody remembers. Gemara in Mesechet Sota tells us, it's discussing there the story of the Miraglin. We know the story of the Miraglin, the spies. So there were ten evil spies, and there were two righteous spies. Who were the two righteous spies? Kalev and Yoshua. Kalev ben Yifuneh and Yoshua ben Nun. Okay. So the Pasuk tells us, the Gemara explains the Pasuk that What's it says... What's the difference between Kalev and Yoshua? Oh, we spoke about that. Hold on, but let's not get into that now. <laughs> it's true, we did speak about that. Kalev, when the, Jew, when the spies went into Eretz Yisrael, he needed protection from the advice of the spies. Right. Who already had protection? Yoshua. Yoshua. How do we know Yoshua had protection? Chazak ve'ematz. No. How do we know he had protection? Yoshua ben Nun. He was because sent by Moshe, Moshe. Pray for him. Ka Yoshiacha me'atzata meragli. Remember, he changed his name from Hoshea to Yoshua. Yoshua oh, right. said Hashem should protect you. But he did not pray for Kalev. Yes. So what did Kalev do in order to receive protection? He tricked them. Mm, not exactly. Well, well, yes, but he, when they went into Israel, when they went into Eretz Israel, Correct. He told them, yeah, yeah, he agreed after, with them, after, and then after, he didn't after. agree with them. But what did, but what did he do to protect himself? But again, what did he do to protect himself? Go with them, and then... No, no, but that's not. So what, was, what did he do? He went to Hebron. Ah, oh, so it says, Gemara Sota, Lamedal, Lamedal, 34b, says, He went and... I want to read you the words of the Gemara. It says, It says, They went up in the south of Israel. He came to Hebron. Not they went all as a group. By himself. So the Gemara says, it's referring to the fact that Kalev, listen to the words of the Gemara, Melamed, Rava says, Melamed, it teaches us, Shepiresh Kalev me'atzat ha-meraglim. He separated from the rest of the Meraglim, Va'alach v'nishtateach al-kivrei avot, he prostrated himself. He bowed down at the grave of the forefathers. What are we talking about? What's in Hebron? He went and prayed by the graves of Av, Yisrach, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Eya. Amar lehen, he said to them, listen to the words, 
there's two issues with this. We're not going to focus on one issue. But he said to them, Avotai, my fathers, bikshu alai rachamim, pray for me, she'enatzel me'atzat hamiraglim. That I should be saved from the bad advice of the miraglim. Mm -hmm. So Kalev went to the Maratamachpela and he prayed to the forefathers, to Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, the Imahot, pray for me that I should be saved from the uh, advice of the miraglim. Now, there's one issue which we're not going to deal with here, which is altogether how you're allowed to pray to the dead. It's not such a simple thing that you're allowed to pray to people who are deceased. This could certainly border on Avodah Zarah. It's not simple at all. We're not going to focus on that issue now. To the dead. You're not, not necessarily so easy to say that. We're not going to talk about that. The normative thing when you go to Kivrei Tzadikim, it's understood. You say, in the merit of the righteous person, Hashem take care of me. Here, Kalev said, pray, pray for me to the dead people. That's, you can not, excuse it. We're not going to focus on that now. I don't want to get into it. It's a whole sugya. Maybe a different time. But can I excuse it like Parashat Chesarah? What? Tzadikim emitatam kuim chayim. Good. The problem is, what was he doing here? He was praying that the deceased who apparently are aware of what's going on, should pray on his behalf. Okay, we're not going to focus on the first, but Tosafot says, I don't understand. Now listen to Tosafot. Remember, what did we say the conclusion of the, of the Gemara and Brachot is? They know what's going on. Well, that seems very good. They know what's going on. Tosafot says, listen to the words of Tosafot, Avotai b'kshu rachamim, Deim tomar, but the Tosafot says the problem is, in this Gemara and Brachot it says, Demiti lo in miti. They don't know what's going on. And it's mashma from the maskana, from the conclusion, even avot olam, even our ancestors, the great forefathers, don't know what's going on. Now, we just learned the Gemara. And the Gemara seems to say they do know what's going on. Tosafot is bothered because it would appear they don't know what's going on. And he says, if they don't know what's going on, how could Kalev say, intercede on my behalf? Yeah, they don't know what's going on anyways. Everybody here. So Tosafot learned this sugya differently, obviously, than I explained it to you. Because he seems to be learning, they don't know what's going on, and therefore he's challenged, how is Kalev talking to them to intercede if they don't know what's going on? They don't agree with So, well, he can't argue with the Gemara, but he could explain it differently, which is how he's... So Yeshlomar, Tosafot says... certain things. Oh, so Tosafot says, we could answer, based on a prayer that someone prays, they are informed, that so... Such a person davened. They don't know what's going on, says Tosafot, but when you pray in a certain way to the great forefathers, they could be informed. And then they could be made aware of what's going on. And he brings a few other places in Shas that we find a similar concept. We find in Masechet Ta'anit. We'll get to God willing soon. Actually, there's a minhag to go to the Beit Akvarot on fast days. And the Gemara there is going to say, So the dead should pray for us. No. Seems to be they know what's going on if we pray. And the second example is that uh, we find another example where there was a great Amora, Rabbi Mana, who prayed at his father's kever to take care of him. So he says, it could be that if you pray, then they'll be made aware of what's going on in order to intercede. But in general, they don't know what's going on. So just to recap, so far what we have is, the Gemara and Brachot, the simple way we learned it is, they know what's going on. The simple pshat. Tosafot clearly understood that Gemara's conclusion is... 
they don't know what's going on. So he's bothered, what's Kalev talking to them for if they don't know what's going on? So he says, they don't know what's going on, but if you pray, perhaps they can be made aware They're married. of the reality. No, it seems like they could be made aware of the reality of what's going on in this world. Again, the issue of how you could pray to them all together, it's a different issue. Maybe a different time we'll address that. But so far, we're coming at is it seems to be debatable whether they know what's going on or not. And if you hold they do know, it seems to be across the board. If you hold they don't know, perhaps still they know what's going on in regards to someone who's praying that uh, he should be saved. Alex, what did you want to say? Exactly. Okay, I hear. Well, that might be a respectful thing, also. Respectful. I'm just telling you there's two positions on this, so you could go both ways. But, okay. I think they might know a little bit of something, something they Let me tell you what Rabbi Yonasan Ibishitz, Rabbi Yonatan Ibishitz, he was a great rabbi, and he says a beautiful shot over here to resolve the two sugyot, and I think this comes out very practical application for this. Rabbi Yonatan Ibshit says in order to resolve the sugyot, he says, there are times the metim will know, and there are times the metim might not know what's going on. So this is a beautiful idea. He says like this, if you have a great person who in his lifetime, he was involved very much in tzorchei tzibur, meaning he was involved in helping other people. Great people. They're involved helping other people a lot. Such people, so he says, even after their passing, Kadosh Baruch Hu still allows them to be aware of what's going on with those people that they were involved with helping in their lifetime. It's a fascinating idea. But he says, if you have, even if it's a great person, but he was only involved in his own self-growth, meaning he was only involved in growing on his own, even though it's great, he was growing spiritually, he was becoming great tzaddik and all, but he was only involved with himself, such a person won't know what's going on. This is a beautiful idea. So it comes out is that if you have a person who in his lifetime he dedicated himself to other people and therefore he made it his business to take care of them in his lifetime, to be involved with them, so he may know what's going on afterwards. And I would like to suggest, perhaps that's the Pshat and the Gemara, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, their entire essence was dedicated to building the Jewish people. So it makes sense then that they would be aware of what's going on. But if you have somebody that was personally involved, he did great things, he was growing and striving, and all, but he was involved in himself, he might not know what's going on in this world. I think it's a tremendous lesson. We have a mission in this world. It's true, you're right. We have a mission to grow personally in this world. It's true. But we have another responsibility to the tzibur. Each one in different ways, maybe. But to be involved with the tzibur is a tremendous thing. And we're learning from the sugya here, it would come out, somebody that has such a level, even after their passing, could still know what's going on with the team. Unbelievable. All right, we'll stop here. And Zat Hashem, our learning should again be as a chutz for your father. And Zat uh, Hashem, everybody have a wonderful day.